Welcome to Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. I will be your host for the evening, Mike D. We have the illustrious Ryan Shipley. Thank you. That was really nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And yeah. The, re- the reason we're all here, of course, the owner of the Comics Exchange, Mr. Bill Langford. Oh, good that illustrious? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's great to be here. I'm really excited for the podcast. It's definitely something I'm excited about. I love sitting here doing it in the comic shop itself. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when people come into a comic store, it's almost like a podcast right there. Just all people mm. hanging around discussing stuff. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing, except we're wearing headphones and uh, we have microphones. So. <laughs> yeah. And we can be as loud as we want because the store is closed right now. Well, we're glad to have you here in the store. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is actually our second location. You know, mm. our first location we were at for a, about 22 years. Wow. Um, then there was an incident at the end of the strip mall, and we had to move, but luckily <laughs> not far. So this is our, our second home, but it is a home. You know, funny you say strip mall. I seem mm-hmm. to remember a story about this building as you were moving down here. With the uh, strippers, perhaps? Oh, <laughs> so yeah, the, the spot we're in apparently before us, this is completely unconfirmed. This is from the real estate agent. <laughs> Uh, it had been an underground um, late night after hours strip club. Apparently, they had installed a stripper pole right by my where I have my my counter, and um, it was open. I think once or twice a month, but uh, it seemed like maybe it was by appointment only. If the stripper, <laughs> if the stripper pole had lasted, when somebody goes, "Hey, can you get my comics on my file?" Would you spin around oh, the stripper pole goodness. to grab them? No, but I definitely was thinking about putting in the uh, the Beethoven head and having the uh, the Batman uh, the secret uh, the pole with the slide. Um, if there was a basement here, it would already have been done. And this store is going to hit its um, one year anniversary sometime in September, right? So, yeah, I forget the exact date. I'm sure we can look it up. But, yeah, sometime uh, here shortly, and uh, even a year later, we're still uh, unpacking stuff. <laughs> you got um, a lot of stuff. It was, yeah, it was moving, uh, I think, 15, uh, 14, or 14, 15 foot U hauls full of stuff. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but we're glad to be here, and um, we're looking forward to, uh, to many, many podcasts and many uh, cool conversations about comics, movies, uh, pop culture, toys, action figures, statues. Absolutely. We're going to try our best to keep it safe for work. We don't want to eliminate anybody out there listening, so we're going to try our best. (laughs) As we start with a stripper story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, now that it comes to mind, what a a journey of comic books during that time you've been open to where they were then to now, you know, after all the things with the Marvel Universe, DC movies. I mean, what what a journey, popularity waxing and waning that whole time. Yeah, it's really been... um... And an experience too, because as a child, you you really uh, it was a wasteland for comic uh, mm. movies, TV shows. Uh, so you latched on to whatever was out there, um, and now it's really kind of a, a bonanza, like a a wealth of of. I, there's so many things I can't even watch them all. And I think I remember maybe it was the second Blade or the third Blade movie. Ah. I told my buddy, I said, listen, if they can make three movies about Blade, <laughs> you know, what are they going to do when they get to Avengers? Mm. Or what are you going to do when you get to, you know, X-Men? And, uh, and sure enough, uh, you know, fast forward 20 years later, and now we have TV shows about Luke Cage and uh, Punisher. Mm. You know, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it was one of the things like just complete luck that Marvel didn't sell like the Avengers and everything when they sold the rights to like X-Men movies and Spider-Man movies. So yeah, there was a period where Marvel had, and they'd actually gone bankrupt twice. And, uh, one time before they had, uh, they tried to prevent bankruptcy and they had, uh, they basically licensed out in perpetuity, um, Spider-Man, uh, to Sony and X-Men and Fantastic Four to Fox. Yeah. And, uh, and, at, and I, I think it for millions of dollars, you know, which at the time was, 
enough to keep them afloat. But in today's uh, today's market, that intellectual property be, would be worth uh, billions and billions of dollars. It's crazy. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, when I think of the core of Marvel, I always think of Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four. So when a time came, or a time came rather, for Marvel Studios to make those movies, they had their C and, you know, almost D-list characters in some way. Nobody cared about Iron Man when that movie came out. No one. <laughs> but it was so awesome. Yeah. And uh, it just speaks to the, the casting uh, genius that, that Disney had, really, with uh, taking a chance on Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Uh, a lot of people don't realize at the time he wasn't really a, a bankable movie star. He was coming off a lot of substance abuse issues, um, a few mental issues. Um, but it turned out to be, uh, you know, probably the best decision that, uh, that Disney made as far as casting. Yeah, so you remember it almost being therapeutic for him. It's like he really campaigned hard to become Tony Stark. He really wanted that, and I think that could have been part of his recovery too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it lent to the role, and it, it lent credibility, and you know, he was coming from a place of uh, personal experience, um, not with being Iron Man, but with just, <laughs> but just as far as the you know Tony's uh, alcohol problems later on, and yeah, you know, yeah. and in his partying ways, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. at the time definitely, definitely fit that. Yeah, because it got dark there for a minute. Mm, mm. Yeah. You might say he was a Tony Stark fanboy. Mm, yes, uh, I get it. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> speaking of yeah. fanboy, we had a, a local convention around here in old Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, Fanboy Expo. It's a regular around here, and I know uh, Mr. Bill Langford himself sat up there. Uh, he's not just the first time for several years. I, I wonder if you had some good con stories for us. Um, Fanboy is always a great convention, and uh, we really enjoy doing it. It's only a mile from my store, so it's mm. it's uh, it's relatively easy. But um, we had uh, this year was a fantastic convention. They uh, they run a great show, and there's a lot of people. Um, there was an instance. I think it was last year. Um, our vendor booth was set up across from Ed Bigley Jr. Um, oh, nice. From a Best in Show, I think Saint Elsewhere, Call Better Call Saul. Yep. Um, and there was an older gentleman and his son. They were at the booth, and they were buying some comics. And uh, the older gentleman, before they left, he turned back to him. He hadn't said anything up until this. And uh, he said, uh, how you feel about seeing, uh, being set right across from Ed Bakley Jr.? <laughs> and I said, oh, you know, it's, it's been okay. I haven't seen the smart car yet or the electric car. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, he's a, uh, a filthy communist, right? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, uh, no, sir, I did not know that. <laughs> and he said, yeah, him and his dad, Ed Begley Sr., they're both communists that, uh, that run Hollywood. Oh, and whoa. Yeah, yeah, part of a cabal, apparently, mm. uh, including a lot of father-son combinations. There's Michael Douglas and uh, Kirk <laughs> Douglas, he said. Um, I think he said that uh, the uh, Bridges, Lloyd Bridges and Jeff Bridges were all in on this. Uh -huh. um, okay. And then uh, when he turned around to leave, he said... Uh, he said, I hope the old man tries something with me. Oh, God. And I don't know. I, so I, I warned uh, I warned the uh, security there for huh. Ed Begley Jr. just to give him a heads up. I said, if this if this man gets in line, just keep an eye on him. You know, he seems to yeah. he seems to not appreciate Ed Begley's work. Yeah, and I think the year before that, maybe two years before that, it was pre-pandemic. Mm. Um, Gene Simmons was one of the guests of honor at Fanboy. <laughs> um, and uh, he uh, was taking a break from signing autographs, and he had security, KPD, uniform security, walking him around the convention. Mm. And with Gene walking around the convention, if Gene's walking around, there's 100 people behind Gene, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Gene uh, came into our booth uh, and was looking through the comic books. And, you know, everybody's standing around looking, and uh, Gene pulls out, I think it was a... Um, Oh, 
as Shogun Warriors from Marvel. Oh, hmm. And he That's asked, a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and Gene's a comic book guy from way back. You know, mm. if you've seen Family Jewels or, you know, his son wrote, wrote comics for a while. And uh, he looks at me and my, my partner, Fred, there, and he says, you guys know who uh, who drew this issue, right? And uh, my buddy Fred looks at him and says, yeah, I think it was um, Bob McLeod. And Gene says, no, 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 it was Alfredo Alcala. And uh, Fred's like, well, I, 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 you know, I seem to remember being Bob McLeod. Mm-mm. And uh, so we, Gene opens up the book, and um, we look inside in the credits. The penciler of the book was Bob McLeod. Oh, oh God, okay. Yeah, Busted. yeah. And so Fred, you know, he, he, he's not one to boast. And uh, so he didn't say anything. But Gene turned to us and took his uh, sunglasses off <laughs> and uh, pointed at the comic in the credits. And underneath the inker... It read Alfredo Alcala. Oh, so it's a draw. So oh. he, yes. So, so Gene now <laughs> felt, and he said, uh, he says, listen, boys. He goes, don't <laughs> with me about my comic books. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, uh, and then Gene asked how much the comic was. I, I said, for you, Gene, three bucks. He said, no, it's way too much. He oh, said, I, I'm, not, I'm not paying that much. Well. He said, it's a canceled title. The people have spoken. They don't even make Shogun Warriors. Uh, wow. He said, I, I'll give you like a buck. What? Yeah. Like yeah, he needs the money. It Gene's- makes sense because he'll put his, he'll put Kiss <laughs> on anything. Like there's Kiss coffins you can get. Mm. Yeah. 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 He said, if you don't want to use it as a coffin, you can uh, fill it with ice and you can use it as a, uh, a cooler for your beer. He was, <laughs> wow. Gene's a, Gene's a consummate salesman. Yes, indeed. So he got that book for a dollar? So no, no. <laughs> oh, I, you, you stood firm. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't going to. Uh, I wasn't going to give in to Gene. An intimidation. And, uh, it was a power, definitely a power game going on oh, at the totally time. Was, yeah. And when he left, the uh, the uniform KPD guy, he said, uh, "You know, you guys should be uh, should be honored." Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, Whoa. "I said, I beg your pardon." <laughs> and he says, "Yeah." He goes, "You know, Gene. Uh, Gene only takes his sunglasses off. Uh, I've been with him all day on duty, and he don't. He only takes his sunglasses off around." Uh, cute girls Whoa. oh yeah yeah so, <laughs> so you've earned his respect so I, I i don't know but uh but fred felt cute the rest of the day like he felt <laughs> you, you know he was very it, it was a good boost to his self his self-esteem do you remember the year um it was on the saturday and the the air conditioning went out and it was like insanely hot in the crazy in the hot yes. like crazy hot i'd uh, stood in line to get my tickets when we got up to the water fountain, I was so sad that they had shut off the water fountain. Yes. Because I was looking forward to the water fountain. Um, but we went there. My friend, uh, Kurt, his daughter had just been born, and he had put a picture on Facebook of her laying in her crib um, with the Hellboy uh, Hellboy plush. Yeah. And Ron Perlman was there. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Ron Perlman to autograph this picture. Um, so we stand in line. I'm miserable. Uh, we finally get up to him. And we put out the picture and we're talking to him and he puts his hand out to shake our hand. And I'm like, I don't know about that, sir, because I just had read the story about he was at a party with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, and he went in the bathroom <laughs> and peed on his hand. Oh. Right. And I came out and goes, I don't know if you have pee on your hand or not, sir. And, <laughs> and Ron Perlman looks at me, winks and goes, you're just going to, have to take the chance. Buddy. Oh. <laughs> See, that, that's why he's Hellboy. He'll yeah. always be Hellboy. Yeah. And plus, he was the only one there that was smart. To have like an industrial fan behind him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody else was just suffering, but he had this giant fan. <laughs> he came prepared. He totally did. You know, all this makes me think. Um, 
the comic conventions have grown to be so much more than just comic books. I mean, we're sitting here talking about all kinds of different TV celebrities, music celebrities. I mean, I know wrestling is a big part of cons now. What? Yeah. When did that really start taking place when we really started seeing this heavy influence of other media into comic conventions, do you think? I would say it was probably with the um, the explosion of San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before that, most comic conventions, sometimes they would bring in like Stan Lee or a comic book creator, Roy Thomas. But there wasn't a lot of crossover with um, popular culture, movies, uh, music, that type of thing. But um, with San Diego, uh, you started to see that kind of a synergy between um, the movies, the TV shows, and the comics. And uh, and definitely it, it, it increased attendance at San Diego because mm, right. who doesn't want to have a chance to see, you know, Chris Hemsworth or, um, you know, uh, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Con has been like that too. Dragon Con oh, used to yeah, be more yeah. uh, comic centric, more like sci fi kind of, and mm-hmm. now it's basically the same thing where it's a lot of like uh, actors. That's the big draws now. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, so the, the audience has increased, um, and and the way we look at it, as far as um, from the comic book side, is a big tent benefits everybody. So Absolutely. the more the merrier, and. Uh, it's a uh, it's a great culture, um, and the more people that get into it, the better. So mm-hmm. whether they get into it through the movies, the TV shows, the conventions, the cosplay, um, fanfic, whatever, uh, gaming, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's a fantastic hobby. Absolutely. Do you like for that kind of like where it's more more things now? Do you think about that when you're deciding what you're going to bring to the convention? Ah, good sale? question. Yeah, yeah. There's um, and every convention's different, really. Uh, unless you do it for uh, a few years, um, you're not really sure what kind of audience is going to be at that convention. Yeah. Um, so you try and cover all your bases, but yeah, yeah, it's gotten a lot more eclectic over the years, and not only that, but the other vendors I see at the conventions have uh, have really changed. Yeah. You know? I think today or this uh, this past fanboy, I was set up across from a lady who was selling superhero blankets. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's then kind of uh, comfortable. Have a blanket on while you're reading your latest issues. And yeah. and um in the year you were talking about when the air went out, uh, thank goodness I was set up next to the lady who was selling homemade incense and patchouli. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because those guys in the Chewbacca outfits, man, I felt terrible for them that year. Ah. <sighs> It was, uh, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I go to Dragon Con every year, and it's uh, Labor Day weekend, which is usually in Atlanta, like, super hot. Mm-hmm. And people are in those, they got to be miserable in those costumes. Mm, right. Yeah. yeah I, dedication. I, d- dedication, I guess. Uh, we had a friend's uh, third uh, kid turn three, and my friend Scott uh, dressed up as Spider-Man for his party. Mm-hmm. Spy, he basically was dressed up as Spider-Man for five minutes before he had to pull him out of the party because he, he looked like yeah. he was about to die at any minute. Yeah, yeah. As a uh, as a teenager, I worked at Operaland. It was an amusement park in Nashville, and they would cast some of the teenagers to uh, to wear some of the outfits, like similar, like in Disney. If you yeah, got yeah, yeah. somebody dressed as Mickey Mouse, and but at Dis at, uh, at Operaland, you know, you had dressed like a banjo or a fiddle, you know, <laughs> <What>? but. Uh, <laughs> And you walked around. Yeah, you had your you had your picture made with some of the uh, some of the tourists. And uh, was it an anamorphic and banjo with like the gloves and the big eyes? So like your face stuck out of the banjo thing. <laughs> it was almost like uh, um, I tried to have Scott like the Gumby outfit. Uh-huh. And um, my buddy uh, Rob had gotten uh, impl- uh, cast as one of the. Uh, I think he may have been a mandolin or a, uh, a dobro. <laughs> but uh, I got the part, bro. And uh, I saw him in the employee cafeteria, and 
I felt so terrible for him. He had the, his head off, you know, the banjo head off. And his hair was all matted. <laughs> and he said the way they do it is they do uh, 20 minutes on and I think mm. 40 minutes off or something yeah. like that. And so they rotate those uh, those banjos. You know, it's different people. Uh, you have to, right? You have to. So, yeah. um, But the cosplay uh, aspect is uh, that's another thing you've seen really grow in conventions because mm. – um, uh, 20 years ago, I would do conventions, and you'd see maybe one guy Spider-Man or one yeah. guy Superman. And at Fanboy this year, I, there were countless characters. Half of them I didn't know because they were from animes or yep. even uh, created characters that these people had made up themselves. Yeah, um, that's basically if I if I see something at a con that I don't recognize, I just assume it's an anime character or an Overwatch character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a pretty safe assumption. But you posted, like we posted on the Facebook page, a ton of like the cosplay that you saw this year and mm-hmm. really good. Like people brought mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and not like store bought costumes. You could tell so many of them, it was all homemade. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's really turned into kind of a, a little side hobby, a side industry for a lot of, uh, and even the vendors there, there'll be people that sell cosplay stuff at the conventions, you know, mm. uh, just kind of goggles and steampunk stuff and uh, little tails for furries and, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, my friend uh, Boston, who does another podcast with me, Plug Plug, hey Boston. the RBAFK, um, he said that he works at a leather store. And he said the day, the first day of Comic-Con, some guy came in that was running one of the vendor things where their whole thing is they fix cosplays for people that are in attendance and he was needing oh. to pick up a bunch of leather because he's like, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pay whatever. Cause I'm going to make this tenfold when I get there because hmm. so many people will come to them. If like the cosplay, like it's, you know, ripped or something like that. Like that's a whole vendor. No, no, absolutely. And it's, a. Uh... It's kind of weird. There's almost like a, a hierarchy in cosplay because uh, <laughs> you know you don't think about this, but in collecting, you know, you have. Uh, when I started collecting, there was kind of a hierarchy, and we kind of looked down on the uh, the, the magic players. <laughs> and, uh, we, but but uh, but in cosplayers, the people who uh, who make their own costumes, uh, they seem to look down on the people who do the store bought costumes. Oh, totally right, right? do. Um, if you ever want to get some uh, some tea. Uh, join like Ooh. the Dragon Con groups where they'll be like, hey, we're having a photo shoot. If you uh, store bought your costume, don't show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. insanity to me. But that seems to be a weird thing. There's always that hierarchy. Well, gatekeeping. In, yes. Yeah, in groups yeah. that should know better. Yeah. It's like yeah, you, sh- yeah. you should want somebody to enjoy your Harvey. If they have to do store bought, what does it matter? Like we were talking about, you really, the more people under the tent, the better. The more inclusive, uh, the more people uh, that can enjoy it, the, the better. Yeah, like Kevin Smith once said, like when people were like talking about the Twilight and dismissing Twilight, and I'm not a Twilight fan, but it's like, don't gatekeep. These people enjoy this thing, and they're coming in. They may find, they may learn new things they like. What's the? Yeah. yeah well, I, one thing of of several I've learned as a retailer over twenty something years is that pretty much every book on that uh, rack is somebody's favorite book. Mm. Uh. So no matter you know, it may be mm. Shadowhawk, it might be <laughs> Batman, yeah. it might be Spawn, or whatever. But uh, but there's somebody out there that's their favorite book, hmm. and so what I've learned is to uh, to not be so quick to dismiss some of the books that before I kind of looked down my nose at. Yeah. Um, because there's out there, you know, it's it's the old adage about you know arts in the eye of the beholder. Is it tricky, like twenty three, twenty four years into this now, like still trying to stay on top of like the trends, like new characters, like you know, like books like you're saying, like that they may only have like one or two fans, but you want to make sure those fans have that book here. Yeah. And in, in that situation, I, I tell you, I really rely on uh, you guys, the customers for feedback, um, 
to kind of tailor my orders. You know, I look at how many uh, pre-orders I have for certain titles. And, um, and for instance, you know, with, with, with Mike D, Mike's got good taste. Oh, so well, if Mike, well. if Mike orders something, then I know I should maybe, uh, I should maybe order a couple more. That's right. Whereas, uh, you listen out there, everybody. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Ryan, you're, you're kind of like the opposite. <laughs> That's hurtful. No, oh, wow. Obviously. Okay. Shots fired. Uh, obviously. Oh, wow. uh, Obviously, that's done for the uh, <laughs> for effect. But no, nah, Ron, Ron's fantastic too. I like a lot of like that's, the independent stuff, like Image. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's mostly Spider-Man and I'm independent stuff. I'm not mainstream stuff. like Mikey D. Although, hey, whoa. Although once I just, but you know that's a lie because you do read Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's hysterical. Uh, already, yeah. first episode, we already got tension in the group. That's exciting. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that's changed for me, speaking of conventions over time, especially with the advent of the internet, is merch, merchandise. Like, mm. I remember back before, say, for example, maybe eBay, uh, you know, going, showing up at a convention and seeing, oh, that's a, that's a Japanese Transformer. Oh, my God, I've never seen that. But now, you know, you can see any of that stuff worldwide. Uh, what do you find a lot of people looking for these days at conventions for merch? Um, so it seems to be mostly the harder to find stuff. So, if, for instance, if it's something you can find at a Target on the peg or Walmart, um, that's kind of stuff they, they're not really looking for because they either already have it or they're not really interested in it. Mm. Um, so lately, it's been a lot of more imported stuff. Um, I saw a lot of Hot Toys this past convention, which are high-end 12-inch action figures. Oh, yeah, beautiful stuff. Um, a lot of 112 Mezco, which are 6-inch high-end action figures. Yeah, those have, like, the uh, like real cloth on them and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, similar to kind of what Migos were mm. like when we, mm. and I were kids. Yeah, 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 Um Speak for yourself, Shipley. <laughs> but no, uh, no, it's um, it's really uh, it's another thing that's changed because merch was a small, small part of my business when I first opened. Even the convention side, you didn't care to take a lot of merch, mm. um, and now merchandising has gotten to be so huge because Marvel's been bought by Disney mm, and DC right. is now owned by Time Warner Discovery, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so once those corporations got involved, uh, the merchandise just uh, dialed up to 10. Yeah. One thing I've noticed you bringing uh, to cons I'm, I've not seen certain other booths have are slabs. You seem to bring the slabs. you find uh, much interest in that? No, I actually, let's go over what a slab is for people out there that may not know. So a slab is slang for a book that's been uh, graded by a third party, usually a company like CGC or CBCS. And so they, what they do is they look at the book, and on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being it's been run over by an ice cream truck, and <laughs> yeah. 10 being brand new off the rack, straight off the truck, um, you know, they, they give it a number, and then they encase it in plastic. Um, and so you can't, theoretically, you can't read the book again, um, but it's also protected now. So in the future, if something happens, uh, it should be okay, you know, from damage if you drop it. Um, but the, the problem is it costs uh, about $30, $35 to grade a book mm, to get it slabbed. Mm. And they're kind of on a backup now, aren't they, most companies? And, yeah, and, and the wait's long, so um, you don't really want to get books graded unless it's something that you're going to be able to get uh, a good return on. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and the reason we bring them to con conventions is because um, the people that help me at the conventions, they don't want to take the dollar books because they're too heavy. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Um, so you've brought a lot more slabs now? So this past year we did very well with graded books. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I picked some in the past. Uh, maybe not quite as many as I took this year, but um, but this year, like I said, the uh, the guys that helped me out and they're they're fantastic. But they're you know they're they're getting a little bit older and they don't like doing the heavy lifting anymore. And uh, <laughs> so we try and we try and travel light. 
I get it. I, I empathize with that. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, if I brought any books in, they would probably get a one because they spent a lot of time in my bathroom. <laughs> well, they don't know that. You don't have to tell them that they've been in the bathroom. I'm George Costanza. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let their CSI forensic team figure it out. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, speaking of uh, modern comics, perhaps, what people may or may not be interested in, do you think that the recent onslaught of uh, Marvel movies, the MCU, all that, has, has affected what people are looking for in modern times? Do you see a lot of uh, connection there with that? Yes. So, um, really, when a movie comes out, if you think about it, it's almost like a big, giant, two-hour commercial, oh, you know, right, for right. that character. So, um, you may not know anything about Black Panther, let's say, but uh, but when you leave that theater, you want to find out more. Mm. And so, uh, so a lot of times it drives traffic uh, post movie to the uh, the comic book stores. Um, and now in today's world, to be honest with you, even before the movie, so they'll announce that they've uh, they've cast um, The Rock to be Black Adam, let's say. And uh, as soon as they announce that, um, I'll have people calling looking for Black Adam graphic novels, Black Ooh. Adam comic books, Black Adam action figures. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. It's it's in a way I've been really lucky in the sense that right when I opened. Um, I seem to be right around the advent of the the comic book uh, blockbuster movies, and so it, I, I really had, in a way, kind of free advertising for the last twenty years. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but no, it's 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 really different. Speaking of cons, uh, here the past couple of weeks we had the uh, the big one, of course, or one of the big ones, uh, San Diego Comic Con, and wow, this <laughs> this convention was <sighs> loaded. I mean. Reveal after reveal, be it uh, movie shows, toys, for me was a big one. So many new lines uh, and things coming up being revealed. Uh, again, On going the Marvel in, side, because DC is basically like a tumbleweed came rolling across. Right, and Star Wars, actually. We yeah. didn't really see much from DC or Star Wars, but Marvel, whew, we got all the way up through, what, Phase 6? Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, think the starts do. of Phase 6. Sure, sure, not everything. The but. crazy thing is they announced like 20-something projects, and they're going to be showing more projects in a couple of weeks at um, Disney's Expo. Oh, nice. Well, let me ask you this. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, the new Black Panther trailer? Oh, that's oh, a good question. Chills. Yeah. Very emotional. And especially the scene where you see uh, Chad Boswick's uh, more moral. Yes. Mural? Mural. Mural. Yeah. 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 And just so good. Like one line in the whole trailer, I think, when she's talking about it, she's lost everything. Right, right, yeah. yeah but, uh, and the great uh, use of music too. You know, it really, really helps it drive it home. And uh, the guy that's playing Namor looks great. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks like they're going to stick with the uh, somewhat the classic look, right? With the wings on the feet. I saw that. Yeah, just looks not, like um, that might be sandals or something. I'm not sure if those are actually on his feet. It's hard okay. to tell. And it could be that maybe the special effects aren't finished. Oh, absolutely, yet. absolutely. Right. So <laughs> maybe he's like in the trailer. He's wearing Crocs. But. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's gonna be. I, I was just interested to see how they were with um with Chadwick Boseman passing, how mm. they were going to uh, address if there was going to be, and it looks like there is like a uh, another Black Panther right away. Yeah, and um, you can't really tell from the trailer who it is, like because there's no. a back shot of her. I think it's her. I, I think, think it's Shuri. Yeah, yeah, that um, seems to be the popular. But I guess it's interesting because a lot of people are talking about maybe Marvel burnout a little bit, even though like mm. they're still making tons of money. I think we only have She-Hulk and Black Panther left this year, and mm -hmm. then there's no other Marvel projects this year, unless they're going to announce stuff at, at Disney's Expo. So I bet they'll announce some, some, definitely some Star Wars stuff at D23. Yeah, and uh, not probably Spider-Man Four, right? I'm hoping. I'm praying. Yeah. Well, they also got to announce some um, Armor Wars because that's one that they've kind of announced a while back that they didn't show anything or put on their little graphic. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the next few years. So I imagine maybe more about Armor Wars. I can see that spawning out of um, Black Panther 2 because we know the Ironheart's going to be introduced in that. So I can yep. see Armor Wars being connected to that for sure. Yeah, and, that, uh, and I think the biggest thing that Marvel announced at uh, the San Diego Comic-Con was... Um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox back for Daredevil Born Again. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. 18 episodes. Yeah, that's fantastic uh, news. Yeah, I'm excited. It's I, I love Cox's Daredevil, but man, there's just something about D'Onofrio playing that kingpin. He just has a passion for that role, and he gets it. It's yes. really powerful. And um, the rumor right now is the next Spider-Man trilogy, or whatever they're going to call it, is going to be back where he's facing more of the street-level villains. Mm, right. Uh, so you could stick... Kingpin in there too, if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really. Even though he, uh, even though he started off in Spider-Man, you know, a lot of people uh, associate him more as a Daredevil villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I do. But um, but to bring him back to Spider-Man and have Spider-Man do some street-level uh, crime fighting, yeah, you know, I, th- I think that's what everybody's been waiting on. Just because we've already seen Spider-Man as uh, Iron Man Junior with the, the Tony Stark suits yeah. and the. You know, it's been the last two movies have been kind of uh, Avengers 2.5 and yep. Avengers 3.5. Yeah, but I think that's what Feige said is that Daredevil and Spider-Man are going to be the street-level characters. So mm. that's great. Put Spider-Man yeah. where he should be. Yes. Well, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's the reason you don't quite see as much Marvel burnout as you do maybe DC burnout. Yeah. Because Marvel does a pretty good job of shifting genres. So, True. Yeah. you know, you'll have some street-level stuff like uh, Punisher and Spider-Man. Even Ant-Man's kind of a street-level heist movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you'll have kind of your big science fiction, you know, space, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, type, uh, you know, family in space type movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, Doctor Strange, this last one was a horror film. Right. And Thor was almost like a rom-com almost in a way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, otherwise, you're just giving them westerns all the time. Yeah. Um, so this way, you know, Disney does a good job of shifting the genres and kind of at least, if not preventing burnout, at least delaying burnout maybe. Yeah, and I think right, like so far in Phase 4, I think theoretically you could have skipped around if you wanted to. Mm, right. I don't think, like people are worried, oh, it's so much stuff we have to watch, so much investment. I think you can skip around if you wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in corporations like Disney, people, they don't really have a lifespan. So when they plot this stuff out, they're not really concerned about getting it out in the next four or five years. Yeah. You know, they're kind of working at their own pace, and they're going to be, hopefully, they're going to be making this stuff for the next, you know, 50, 100 years. Yeah, and I'm curious to see, um, since Warner Brothers is once again going to wow. restructure the... Yeah, it's, poor, poor Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, no, and this all has to do with, like, the discovery buyout is all this is happening like batgirl getting pulled and now it's going to be a tax write-off is just insanity that there's a possibility that michael keaton has done two more batman performances that we're never going to see mm. um, let's talk about that i'm actually interested about that a lot of i've read a lot of people complaining and saying uh it's a selfish move or they disagree with the things they're doing over there. Now, I, I don't like corporate meddling with things any more than anyone else, but everything I'm seeing, it seems like they're making changes for the benefit of the product. Like, the reason that they're not releasing Bad Girls is because they just, from what I'm reading, just thought it was a bad movie and it didn't fit in with their future plans, and I kind of applaud that. I mean, they're turning down that much money to release something to kind of save face because they didn't think it was good. I, I think that might well, be a good thing. Now, the, of course, the people that work on the movie yeah, are going to yeah, take yeah. a hit, but... Yeah, it sucks for them. Uh, Black Adam, though, was scoring right around what Batgirl was scoring. Really? Yeah, that's mm. what I read somewhere. It's like the, um, <laughs> that's just somewhere I read that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, I'm not going to show my sources. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's tricky to see what's happening. I know a lot of people are kind of anxious 
because I think they also just laid off 17% of HBO Max's. uh, So it's going to be tricky to see, but I'm rooting for them because I like DC and Marvel both. I'd love for them to have good DC films. Yeah, yeah. I think the the whole industry uh, as a whole is is healthier if you have two competing factions, you know, uh, to to swing it to a wrestling analogy. Right, right. If you want to, uh, I thought wrestling was never stronger than when you had, you know, WWF and WCW at at their height, you know, and they're both kind of competing with each other and making the product better. So, um, you know, when you hear these fanboys and sometimes they'll have the – the idea of well, what if Marvel bought DC, you know, and Disney <laughs> right, right. Disney just goes ahead and just writes a check. Yeah. I don't I don't think I would like it. Yeah. I don't think I would. No. no. Well, back to the wrestling analogy, we know when Vince McMahon bought WCW, it just went to garbage. It was no longer competition. It was no longer equal. He just kind of bought it and just crapped all over it. So, yeah. 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 And so uh, I'm afraid that's what would happen is, you know, uh, Marvel would... Uh, they would take the uh, the DC stars and kind of job them out. Oh, right, you know, right. this, uh, I also like that we show our age by calling it WWF. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Should we kind of like for people who this is our first episode, kind of like I mean everybody knows who Bill is, but should we introduce ourselves? Like, what our favorite books are? Uh, you know, sure. Why not? We'll get to know the get the people. The people get to know them out yeah, there yeah, a little yeah. bit. So why, why don't you start? Oh, uh, my name is Ryan. Um, I've been reading comics since probably about eight or nine. Uh, my favorite character is, of course, the Spider-Man. Um, right now, I don't read a lot of superhero stuff. Most of my stuff is Image. Um, there's some really good books on Image. Uh, Stillwater is one of my favorites. I think that's about to end, which kind of bums me out. Uh, it's by Chip Zardowski, who's writing um, Daredevil right now. I wish they put him on a Spider-Man book because he's fantastic on Spider-Man. That would be interesting. Yeah, he's written, he's written some good Spider-Man books in the past. He read... He wrote the issue where um, Peter comes, uh, reveals a secret to Jonah. Right. And it's one of the best like Spider-Man books in the last few years. Uh, yeah. But like I said, big Spider-Man fan. Um, with Comics Exchange, I've been coming here since, I think, 2007. It was the death of uh, Captain America. Because the store I was going to, which is no longer in business, they pulled Captain America off their shelf and were charging like double the price. Mm. It was a little shady. It's terrible. Uh, so I came here, uh, Bill's great guy loyal um and i also do uh his social media stuff yeah right yep. yeah fantastic with the social media i'm blushing again man yeah <laughs> so i gotta make up for when i sold you earlier yes oh. uh for me personally i've always been uh big on uh, batman spider-man x-men those are probably my top three i've had to pick of course with the x-men that's a rocky road i've hmm. that's sometimes it's awesome sometimes well you know sometimes chuck austin writes it <laughs> oh and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of modern Image. I was there for the beginning of Image as well with the uh, the original crew, you know, Spawn and Youngblood and all that. And it's, it's changed so much as a company. You know, now they are the, the company of creativity and independence. So um, I'm really enjoying 8 Billion Genies right now from them. That's mm-hmm. great. Uh, Bloodstained Teeth is super cool. And, you know, Image is always something to look forward to, especially with so much of their stuff going straight to TV shows and movies now. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been coming to Bill for years. I had, you know, I had a little lapse there for a while, but I was, I was super happy to see that you're still open when uh, Jamie Skull and myself started getting back into it and uh, look forward to seeing him every week here. No, uh, I think I remember uh, the first time I met Mike. Mike was working at a comic store on the Strip. Uh, yes, oh. yes. And, uh, yeah, I went in to sell some comics, and I think Mike called, was it Ron at the time? That was, but yeah, yeah, I think. And then uh, that may have been, golly, it had to have been 25 years ago. Yeah, it was late 20, 90s, maybe. definitely late 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, and I've known Ryan, golly, yeah. About 2007, yeah. Yeah, so about 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good friends of mine and uh, wonderful guys, and we love talking comic books, and 
Yeah, it's been fantastic. No, and I grew up reading, I mean, pretty much everything, but in um, in comics, it was mostly Marvel as a kid. Uh, X-Men, because I felt like I got more bang for my bucks. There's a lot of characters in the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And when you're on a limited budget, you're looking for any any little edge. Uh, Gambit was probably my favorite. Um, I also read a lot of Peter David, Incredible Hulk. Mm. Um, a lot of uh, Roger Stern, Spider-Man. But then later on, you know, I, I realized that it's a big world out there. There's not just vanilla. There's also chocolate and strawberries. <laughs> so I got into some of the DC comics and uh, tried to wrap my head around Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't even know who Psycho Pirate was or Andy Monitor. <laughs> but uh, that was kind of, I jumped in the deep end of the pool. And so I, I've read more Marvel, but I uh, I read and, um, and I tell you, and Mike's right, Image right now uh, and Ryan, you know, they're, they're killing it, you know. Yes. If you're a comic creator, and uh, not to diss Marvel or DC, but if you have a wonderful idea, why take it to Marvel and DC and mm-hmm. let them uh, get the intellectual property rights and get the licensing rights? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you save your best ideas for stuff that you own? You would uh, think so. So I think that's the reason you're seeing so much uh, good stuff now in the independent comics is because these writers are saving their best ideas for the indies. Yeah, I always think if you come into a comic store, if you're looking for something new, if you see an image number one, try it. Because nine out of ten times, it's going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least, uh, if not a, if not a, um, like something that's option for a movie, you know, at least a critical hit where the, the fans yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. the critics seem to like it. And they're really good, too. They usually with image, um, their first trades are usually uh, priced cheaper, like nine ninety nine. What's the uh, big book right now in the store? So the biggest seller I have probably every month it bounces between Batman and Spider-Man, Amazing mm. Spider-Man. Nice. Um, and then if the, one of the two uh, or three big companies, if they do a big event book like Dark Crisis or um, AXE, uh, Avengers, X-Men, Eternals, um, then those uh, we do big numbers on those too. But it varies. You know, yeah. it, it, it runs through cycles. You know, there's periods where X-Men's up and Spider-Man's down. And, right. uh, yeah, no. A lot of it depends upon the creative team at the time, right? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing in comic books that you learn really quickly is that the uh, there are no bad characters, only bad writers. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember reading Animal Man as a, as a kid Ooh. slash teenager. And um, I didn't really care anything about Animal Man. I didn't know anything about Animal Man. Yeah. But uh, when Grant Morrison started writing them and Brian Bowen started doing those cool covers, um, I was in. And uh, he started doing some really creative stuff with Animal Man's powers and mm-hmm. powers that he could replicate. And um, and then I realized, you know, all it takes is a good writer that has a good imagination to come in. And uh, the character is kind of incidental. You know, it's more the ideas behind the character. Yeah. How much of uh, the fan base do you think these days has shifted towards that for your people coming in the shop? Uh, people that are following just characters versus creators. So there's been a shift. Whereas when we first opened, everybody just followed characters. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're a Wolverine guy or right. you were a Superman guy. Um, and now, like myself, I think a lot of people realize, hey, I, I like Ed Brubaker's writing. Or, hey, I, I really like Chris Samney's art. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they'll generally follow those creators from book to book. Uh, because they enjoy the the content that they make, the quality of the content. Well, not to tread too much water going back, but speaking of the Marvel movies and shows, uh, what do you, what are you guys looking forward to coming up on that slate more than anything? Um, you know, it, there's a lot to pick from. I would uh, I would say 
probably Secret Wars, only because mm, I, I like right. kind of like the, the the big event type things. Mm. But I, I tell you, um, to keep in with the secret theme, Secret Invasion uh, sounds really awesome to me. Yep. Um, anything with Kang. But you're about to get a lot of King then, because <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Quantum Mania, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's the villain in that, right? He, yeah, I think yeah. he's the the main heavy in that. I saw yeah. a picture of him recently on set for that, and he is ripped. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. I'm so glad he got this role because he did a show on HBO that only went one season. No, no, I, th- I thought he was great in the Loki show and um, in the comics. Uh, Kang is a is a total badass. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they'll do with his face. I wonder if they'll give him the mask that doesn't move, or if they'll. I'm, I'm curious what they'll do with that. Yeah, generally as an actor, like you, if you can, you prefer probably not to have the mask right, that much right. yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can't really emote um, unless you're uh, you know Stallone in Judge Dredd, which you know, he <laughs> Carl Urban constantly had the mask off. Now Carl Urban did it right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought the Carl Urban version was fantastic. Oh yeah, his um, that was the better Dread movie. Yes. Yes. It was weird because it came out the same time as another action movie called The Raid, and they had the similar story where they're trying to get to the top of like a an apartment, apartment complex. Building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Raid is good if you've not seen The Raid one or two and you like action films. Check out The Raid. Oh, The Raid is fantastic. Yeah, I think it's Korean. Yeah. Uh, for myself, I to me, I just want to see what they do with the X Men. That's what I'm waiting for more than anything with bated breath. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to Secret Wars and you know lots of stuff that's coming up. But I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with X Men, especially after the big reveal. Uh, spoiler alert: It's been it's been weeks now, but of course, uh, in Miss Marvel, the reveal that uh, she's actually a mutant. So that that was mm-hmm. huge, and I don't think anybody saw that coming at all. No, no. Yeah, they're just not going to do anything in humans. In humans, you know, I'm all right with that. Yeah, me quit, too. Quit trying to make the humans happen. I just, it's not for me. And humans are like the service merchandise <laughs> X Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was yeah. definitely a way for them to uh, to bluff Fox and oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. say, hey, listen, if you want to, uh, if you want deal with us with X Men, you know, we'll just create our own X Men with the Inhumans. Yeah. I'm not sure the disconnect. It's like if you write it down, it sounds cool and it should be good, but I just I can never connect with them. No. I'll, t- I'll tell you what it always reminded me of, and I don't know if y'all remember this. There was a Clive Barker movie called Nightbreed. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, and I think there was a situation where they hit a certain age and they go through some type of a, a it may have even been like a mist or something, and they all turn into some type of weird creature or something. So they're like the band Menudo. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Yeah, Once they reach a certain age, you get kicked out and yeah. uh, replaced with a younger kid. Yeah, but um, but it, as a child, when I would, because there wasn't a lot of superhero stuff, I would look for stuff that was closely related or could, I could easily translate to superhero. And so, Nightbreed for me, uh, I always thought of that as an Inhumans movie. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, in the same way with uh, Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much that's 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 Dead Man, right? I mean, he jumps pretty from body much. he jumps from body to body. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, that's Boston brand. I mean, there's... Yeah. Multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, for me, other than the Daredevil, which I think, unfortunately, is still a couple of years off. I think it's 2024. Um, I'm excited for next year, uh, Loki Season 2 and Echo. Uh, nice. Oh, I forgot about Echo. I don't yeah. really care too much for the Echo character, but I know Daredevil and uh, Wilson Fisk will be in it. So that makes me happy. Hopefully a new bullseye. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Echo a lot because I read that original run uh, right after the Kevin Smith run when David mm-hmm. Mack came on. Okay. And it was very, very cool and inventive in the comics because they felt very much like a counterpiece to one another. Yeah, and they yeah, played yeah. up and they were in love. And it, it was just a really cool story. And okay. the art, of course, spectacular. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Mm. Oh, so good. David Mack. And David Mack is a good person. 
Yeah. He's yeah, super yeah. cool in person. Yeah. Well, uh, we're kind of nearing the end of our show. We're going to try to keep it an hour for you guys out there so you can make it digestible. And uh, we're probably going to be coming at you about every other week as well. And that's our goal here at uh, Comics Exchange. But uh, on our way out, why don't we talk about some uh, recommendations? What do we got for the people? Um, I'll start. Uh, one book that just recently came out. It's an independent title. And I love it. It's called Samurai Doggy. Oh, yeah. Um, that just came out last week. Yeah. it's uh, So basically, it's about a dog and a robot vulture that are seeking vengeance on a hunter that killed its mother and has stolen his brothers. Mm, um, all right. The art is fantastic in it. And it's, I know it sounds silly right now. <laughs> um, but uh, it looks like we have quite a few number one issues left so far. But so if you're in the store... Samurai Doggy, it's Aftershock, and Aftershock next to Image, I think you can really count on uh, Aftershock comics. They usually do really good stuff. Nice. Um, I'd say for me, Donny Cates and uh, Ron Otley's Hulk run. Mm -hmm. um, they just recently rebooted about eight months ago. Uh, there had been a long run where it had been Immortal Hulk, uh, and this take has a little more um, kind of a science fiction bent to it. And I wasn't sure how I was going to like it going in because the uh, the Al Ewing run was was kind of uh, was kind of transcendent in the way it it, it changed Hulk. Yeah. But uh, but it's a good mix, and Otley kills it on the art as always. He's really progressed as an artist, and uh, he did Amazing Spider-Man for three or four years and did nothing but get better. Mm -hmm. That's and, true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and on Hulk, you know, he's really getting a chance to stretch his legs. So. Um, if you're looking for something relatively new that you're not that far behind on, um, I'd probably recommend Hulk. And the Banner of War crossover ends tomorrow. So, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So it's been, I think it's been delayed. The book's been a little bit late. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, there's been a, uh, a great crossover with Thor and Hulk running for the last couple months. Um, so if you've ever been uh, debating with your friends about who would win <laughs> between Thor and Hulk, you know, this is a chance to find out. So yeah. definitely come by the store and pick up the book. Do it. I say Hulk. Yeah, of course. It's got to be Hulk. Well, yeah, yeah. unless Thor, you know, because Thor's a god, so. Yeah. There's that. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Chip Zdarsky on Daredevil. Awesome. Uh, they just rebooted with a new number one. Um, number two, uh, the 650 comes out tomorrow. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His Batman right now is awesome, too. Oh, oh yeah. And DC's uh, let him do Batman also, which is cool because he's not exclusive to Marvel. Mm. So, but he's um, living Brian Michael Bendis's dream right now. He's working. Yeah, yeah. It's in and Batman. He's got all the Bendis books that he yeah. Bendis would love to have. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Nightwing, Nightwing, Nightwing. I oh, love yeah. that comic so much. Uh, Tom Taylor just has a knack for getting into the heart and soul of a character, particularly Dick Grayson. He he just gets it. He gets Barbara. It's just such a pleasant, fun read. I mean, serious stuff happens in it, but it's just a pleasure to read. I love it. The art is fantastic. It's been on a good long run now too. What about? I don't want to say eight months, maybe? Seems that right? like he took the book over. Yeah, yeah, maybe. In the early, even, maybe early even. 70s, I think. I think he was in the 70s. Because it's at 95 the, now. The 1970s? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's sir. a long run. Yeah, that's a long. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's definitely. Uh, and I tell you, from a retail standpoint, he's brought a, He's another one that's brought a lot of new readers onto the book just because mm. people follow Tom Taylor. That's awesome. Um, coming off, uh, what was it, Injustice? Oh, Injustice um, is good, yeah. It may have been something else, but yeah. And deceased, the, yeah, deceased, and yeah. um, and not only that, but uh, it also helped that the previous run of Nightwing, Mike, uh, no offense, but it wasn't so good. <laughs> okay, so the, Rick Grayson, the Rick so, Grayson. Okay, so yeah. that's why. So he was undercover, and his undercover name 
was Rick Grayson. <laughs> well, maybe not undercover. It's, he was an amnesia. Yeah, he's shot. Had, oh, it's a sort of uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was very uh it was very days of our lives, soap opery. Wow. And um but uh, but the fans uh didn't really take to it. And so it was kind of short-lived, and they Good. DC recognized it, and they brought Tom Taylor in to, to kind of change the yep. tone of the book. And it's really, he's right, it's really worked. I mean, it's gotten a, it's gotten a lot better. And as a dog person, I appreciate uh, Bitewing. Bitewing! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's amazing how much adding a dog as a sidekick makes you just instantly like a character, makes yeah. him seem trustworthy. Look at, yeah. pe- look at Pizza Dog with uh, Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Or uh, Prey in the new Prey movie, I felt that same way. Maybe recommend Prey, too. Uh, you know what? I am going to. Last recommendation on my way out. Loved it. It was excellent. It reminded me of the first two Predators. It's simple to the point. Uh, it's inspired. So if you got some time on your schedule, check that one out. And it's uh, Hulu. On Hulu, yes. Yep. They should have gone to the theater, but here we are. Yeah, it's kind of strange to me that they didn't, especially now with the love that this movie is getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's going to be a wrap. We're uh, winding it down here. Uh, we're going to check you guys out here in the next couple weeks with another episode. This has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the next one. I'm Mike D. I'm Ryan Shipley. And Bill Langford. We'll see you in the funny books. Bye. Bye. We can do better with an ending. Bye.